Welcome to Strange Days. This is Paul speaking from his car in the basement. I'm just delighted to be connecting with you today. We're talking around planning the Sabbath. Remember, the idea in these strange days is to go deeper as disciples of Jesus, to allow the renovating work of the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives. And Jesus was the one who said, Sabbath was made for man. And so there's something of a gift, an opportunity, an invitation for us to practice Sabbath. And so maybe get a pen and paper and think about how you are going to plan Sabbath this weekend. This is not a theoretical thing. We want to be doing Sabbath well together. And one of the aspects which Leanne and I found in our own lives was that the lack of planning for Sabbath was a massive problem. We charged through the week. We collapse over this kind of finish line and leave Sabbath a little bit disappointed that we were actually a little bit tired, maybe a little bit grumpy around how we'd spent our time and certainly hadn't been intentional. Now, in preparation, thought about this analogy. I don't know if you've heard of this mystical Christian experience that is meant to happen once a week. It's um, for married couples and it's going to keep your marriage going forever. It's called the date night. And you would often leave these nights absolutely exhausted. Firstly, um, we wouldn't have them that frequently. And then when we did, it was almost like all the stuff you'd swept under the carpet finally had opportunity to come out. And date night pretty quickly turned into fight night where you'd have these kind of robust conversations around everything. And you dreaded actually organizing a date night because you knew that's where it would end up. And then you have those honest chats around, man, this isn't working. Why are we different to everyone else? And you slow down and say, you know, for our stage of life, maybe we should try breakfasts rather, where we able to give each other our best. Maybe maybe we can have sleepovers. We're fortunate to have family in the city. We can drop our kids off and, and then go to bed and just sleep. And then when we wake up, have a date. The final little thing we managed to think about was to drop our kids off at 4 p.m. at some of our friends' houses. We then have a date from 4 to 7, pick our kids up, they're already in their pajamas, we drop them off to bed and we continue the date at home. Honestly, incredible. And then next week, those parents can drop their kids off with us. I mean, if you're looking after three kids or five kids, it doesn't make much make a difference. And you release another couple to just live in the freedom of a date instead of crazy. Honestly, that is a pro tip that has changed our life. Why am I starting with that? Well, I'm saying that we needed to have some honest conversations just about how bad our date nights were. Those conversations then led us to plan better. And now we're living in a new freedom as far as date nights are concerned. I suggest it might be the same with Sabbath. As we deepen and understand, we have some honest chats around what our practice of Sabbath has been. We'll say, you know what, we can do this better. Let's sit down and let's plan and let's get get aware of a new day that could be dawning here. So that encouragement, let's get planning our Sabbath. The first step is to identify a 24-hour period. Now, that, may, that obviously is, is kind of crucial. And for us, Sundays are quite busy. So we identify a period that's before that. We start on Friday at 6 p.m. and go through to Saturday at 6 p.m. You might want to start on Sunday morning and go through to Sunday night or maybe Saturday 6 p.m. to su- Sunday 6 p.m. But the idea is to work out for you what would make the most sense and identify that as your Sabbath day. Secondly, try and have a day off beforehand. So, as I mentioned before, day offs and Sabbath are not the same thing. A day off is for getting all that unpaid work done. It needs to get done, all the life admin or adulting as they call it. And also, if you're going to be doing Sabbath well, you need to be making final preparations for that. Maybe it's buying food, buying tickets, um, thinking through what Sabbath's going to look like. I think for um, 
for people who are involved in paid work, it's an important time to just review how did the week go? Have you got everything that needed to get done done? When you go back to work, can you pick it up well? Have you got an idea, a game plan? I think of those who practice uh, David Allen's getting things done. It's a great time to do your weekly review sometimes where you do a sweep of the week and make sure you're ready to go. But the idea is that you use that day off to to end. You're never going to get everything done, but you at least know what you didn't get done, right? And so you can start again when you start working with that list of things that need to have the next step actioned on it. So identify a 24-hour period, have a day off beforehand, and now Sabbath arrives. And essentially to plan it, I'd suggest there are two questions. Is it rest and is it worship? Is it rest or is it worship? If it doesn't answer yes to one of those, then it's probably still a good thing. It just needs to go into the other six days of the week. And remember to include the whole family if you are in a family context so that you all are able to answer those questions. Is it rest or is it worship? So is it rest? Remember this is a time for ceasing, both for paid and unpaid work. You are declaring with your body that the Lord reigns. You're taking your body into a new space of saying, I will not be engaging with work emails. I will not be running around frantically trying to get to-do lists and projects done. I'm going to be declaring with my body, the Lord reigns. He runs the universe. I do not. Is it restful? would mean that whatever the Sabbath looks like, you would feel energized afterwards. You wouldn't feel exhausted. If you're exhausted, you're doing it wrong. Maybe an example from my life, I, I am not a professional athlete. I'd imagine if you are a professional athlete, it isn't restful to exercise on Sabbath, right? That's what you do with other six days of the week. So this would be a day for you to rest. But I'm not. And so I exercise. In fact, I love my park run. But I got it wrong when my competitive juices kicked in and I tried to get a PB every time and I would collapse on the couch for the rest of the day, absolutely exhausted because my heart rate had, had rocketed for my five-kilometer run. Leanne would say, I don't mind you going to park run for an hour, but what I do mind is the kind of lack of parenting that takes place as you collapsed on the couch. And so, you see, it's a subtle thing. It might be something that, for me, is great and delightful, but if it leaves me exhausted, it probably doesn't belong on Sabbath. So is it rest? Is at rest. That's us declaring the Lord reigns. I don't, so I can rest. The second filter where something could come into your Sabbath is this question Is it worship? Is it worship? Now, we're talking way more than just um, the worship band you love to listen to. It includes that, but it's more than that. It's, it's a pausing saying, God is good. God is good. It's saying, God, you have created all this abundance. Music is your idea, culture is your idea, poetry is your idea, theater, um, you know. There's, there's so much in creation that I can, I can enjoy. The fact is that you often picture your kingdom as being one of feasting. And, and it's interesting that in the early church, the one thing you would never do is fast on a Sabbath, precisely because this was a time for feasting. Something I've realized is that in order to really enjoy Sabbath feasting and worship, sometimes you've got to live the rest of the days a little bit more simply than you did. Um, that you maybe store up some treats, that new album you want to listen to, that particular dessert you enjoy, but you, you store it up and say, this is what we're going to enjoy with our Sabbath. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to share some stories from the Mourn family, but that's something we've really realized, is that actually to truly feast, we need to be pleasure stacking all the different things we enjoy and align just a deep gratitude for God to be with us as we complete Sabbath. Mark Buchanan, his book, The Rest of God, has this to say, he says, do you play enough? Do you risk enough and bask in God's creation enough? 
Do some things for no other reason than you'll be dead soon enough anyhow. So why not live a little? If there's one God of the age that Christians especially pay homage to, it's the God of utility. It's the God of utility. It's the God that demands, you know, why are you doing this? Is this efficient? Is this an effective time, usage of your time? I, I pay homage to that God as a as an achiever in the strength finders or a competitive achiever in Enneagram type number three. I love doing things on purpose. With a, and, and, and for me, I've, I'm an under-celebrator. And so I have to, in Sabbath, purposefully stop and say, I'm doing this because I love doing this because this is delightful. Remember God, when choosing the people of Israel, said, I love them because I love them, right? That's the point. I love doing this thing because I love doing this thing. It reminds me of who God is. Those are the kind of conversations we want to be having. What, what brings you deep delight in God? What gives you deep rest in God? And those two phrases, the Lord reigns and God is good. The Lord reigns and God is good. If you can soak yourself in that for 24 hours and plan your day such that you pleasure stack it and you rest it through, that for the rest of the six days, when someone comes to you in distress, you can say the Lord reigns. When someone comes to you just full of sorrow, you can say God is good because you've experienced that yourself. Final step I would suggest in planning your Sabbath is to review your Sabbath. So having gone through it, to sit down and say, man, what, what, what do we think of that Sabbath? Was it restful? Was it worshipful? And a reminder that as we start out, 30% of it will need to change. And some variety is always going to be good. So let's, so let's review and be honest around what worked, what didn't, and come back to planning the next Sabbath with all those learnings in mind. Uh, I'm reminded of... Last quote from Mark Buchanan when he says, I submit this is Sabbath's golden rule. Cease from what is necessary. Embrace that which gives life. And then do whatever you want. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Herschel reminds us in closing that why are we doing this? Why are we practicing Sabbath? Why are we planning to do Sabbath? He says it's because it's a foretaste and a heralding of eternity. Its joy is precisely this. It rehearses heaven. This too is what the writer of Hebrews says in a passage um, when he says the rest we experience in Sabbath is only preliminary. It is an anticipation as a shadow is of reality of a rest that never ends. So God, I thank you. Right now we might just be a few honest conversations and a few careful moments of planning in your presence away from a much deeper and richer experience of Sabbath. God, right now, would you help us prepare by your Spirit? You'd help us find a deeper rest in you, a deeper delight in you. God, we confess that we've probably done it badly and we've tried to just think our way into your presence, but God, we delighted to now start planning a 24-hour period where we can place our bodies in a totally different space and carry that Sabbath rest for the rest of the week. Invite your work amongst us. Amen.